welcome back to Spiritual Sticky Notes, where I share the things that stuck with me throughout the week. This week is absolutely no exception. Um, I truly apologize for it being late, but I truly hope that you are still blessed by what you hear. Thank you again, and without further ado, this is Spiritual Sticky Notes. And welcome back. I'm so excited to speak with you guys. Um, I've been dealing with a lot of things. You know, teachers are going back to school. I've been completely overwhelmed. I feel like, you know, it doesn't matter how much I fast. It doesn't matter how much I put into it. Things just aren't turning out the way I want them to. And while I would normally get like frustrated, I would give up, I'd probably be having a nervous breakdown by now. You know, I've been in a decent place, but I'm still struggling. And lately I've just been digging into the word. I've been fasting and praying and trying to refocus myself. So today I kind of want to talk about what to do when you don't know what to do. Um, I chose three different scriptures for the month and One of them is Philippians 4 and 19. And while that one is absolutely amazing, I have gotten to the point where I'm just like, I need to know the context. What's going on? Why is this being written? And I found out some different stuff. You know, Paul wrote the letter to Christians who were surrounded by non-Christians. They were struggling. He was just trying to encourage them to keep the faith even when things were not going perfect. And I found that like... Um, beyond a blessing in itself because not only was he doing that but he was doing it while he was in prison so the entire letter is written while he was in captivity and being you know persecuted for his beliefs and his willingness to step out and do what he felt needed to be done in order to get God's word um, shared to other people so with that in mind I was like man if this man is writing this letter in prison, there's got to be some good stuff in it. So I just went back to the beginning and I went back to chapter one and I just started digging deep. And I I think I've said this probably a thousand times, but I'm going to say it again. A lot of times the first part of my study is me asking a thousand questions until I get to this one moment where God reveals things to me. So I'm going to send you straight down the progression of my questions and then let you see what happened. So the first question was, well, who's in your corner? And then as I kept reading, and you have to read this for yourself, as I kept reading, it was like God kept telling me someone is concerned about you. Someone is praying for you. And then I got to the point where I said, am I encouraging people by the response to my current situation so it's how I'm responding to what's going on encouraging others that you know God is still God he's still great his his mercy still still um endures that people still have this ability to serve a God even when things aren't perfect and then God kind of revealed to me that deliverance is not just from demons but it comes from strongholds from demons and strongholds, but it's actually just from situations as well. So a lot of times when I hear the word deliverance and God is going to deliver you, I automatically think about things that I've done that have caused me to hold on to strongholds, hold on to shame. But he's also getting into the business of delivering us out of situations. So, and then I got down to 
reading it and I noticed, I was like, man, every few lines, Paul has these affirmations. I am convinced. He says all of these amazing things. And I made a list so you can go back and look at them. But it's only in chapter one and it ver- it's verses six, nine, 11, 12, 14, 18, 20, 21, 25, 26, 28, and 30. So I would definitely say go back to read Philippians 1 and all of those verses. But he gave me about 12 affirmations and some of them are collective and some of them are um, personal. So I found that to be enlightening in myself that some of the things that we need to affirm are not just for us, they're for our community. We have to start affirming things for the people around us and, and going through and enduring through things, not just for ourselves to say we made it through, but to say that I made it through and so can you. We're going to get through this together. So I'm literally just going to read these 12 affirmations. And I just want you to kind to kind of soak in them a little bit. So affirmations are words to speak over ourselves from Philippians chapter one. Okay. Number one, I am sure that God who began the good work within us will continue his work until it is finished. Whatever God started, he will finish in this season. Number two, Our love will overflow more and more, and we will keep growing in knowledge and in understanding. Number three, I am filled with the fruit of salvation. I have a righteous character by serving God, and this brings God glory and joy. Isn't it funny how, like, there are times where you're just like, well... I I'm, I don't know if I got this. The fruit of salvation is on us. We are righteous. You know, we are living the most morally right life we can live. And every human makes mistakes. But as long as we're striving to live right in everything that we do, you know, we are pleasing God. So I don't ever want anyone to feel like you're not pleasing God because you made a mistake yesterday or you made a mistake in your past. Anything that you do to to push yourself to be better than you were the day before is a is a step in the right direction. And we have to celebrate even the small things that phone that you did not pick up to call that person, that text message you did not send, that video you did not watch, that moment you did not have, that second where you didn't gossip and you should have in your mind, you should have where you didn't gossip when you wanted to. All of those things are steps in the right direction. So number four, everything that I have been through has helped me to share the word of God and his promises. So everything that we go through is not for us. I I think I've said this several times lately, but everything that we're going through is not for us. It is for someone else to see that. The God on us does not diminish when we're going through trials. Like it should never decrease because we're struggling. If anything, our faith and our hope and our progress should increase because we're doing what God said, even when things are difficult. All right, number five, because of my trials, 
those who are going through the same things are encouraged and have bold confidence in sharing God's word. So not only are other people understanding who God is, but because of what I'm going through and how I'm responding, other people are sharing the news. They're like, man, look at this girl. She ain't got nothing. She's struggling. Things are falling apart, but she still loves God. This must be a good guy if she's going through this and she's still celebrating who he is. All right, number six, I will continue to rejoice about God's love and sacrifices regardless of who is delivering it. Now, this one kind of tore me up because, you know, Paul was talking about some people are sharing the message of God and they're doing it for the wrong reasons and blah, blah, blah. You know, they're preaching, they're sharing that message and they don't have the best intentions. Well, Paul made it very clear. He was like, I don't, I don't really care what why they're sharing it they're still sharing the gospel and someone's still hearing it he was like so i'm taking myself out of the equation and i'm just being grateful that people are sharing god's word and i'm gonna let god handle those people so i think the the moment for me was it's time for me to release control um and hope that i can control who delivers what it doesn't matter who delivers it as long as someone hears it and God can take care of whoever's doing the delivering. Like, it, it is what it is. I will never be ashamed. I will continue to be bold for Christ and trust that my life will honor Christ. I will never be ashamed. Like, there should never be a moment in my life where I am ashamed of who God is. And then the fact that it says I will continue to be bold it really just shows me that I'm already bold, that I already have these things, you know, and that my trusting him and that my being bold in sharing allows me to create a place of honor and respect for my father. So that just, that blessed me in itself. All right. I don't even know what number we're on at this point, but the next one is living in Christ is better than living without him and living for Christ is dying to myself. And we've heard that a thousand times, but dying to myself doesn't necessarily mean I give up everything, but it means that everything that I have is used to bless God. Nothing that I have is used to give me glory or honor. Everything that I have, I turn it around. So if somebody gives me a hundred dollars, I take that $100 and I say, okay, God, what do you want me to do with it? So I'm not saying, oh, I don't want to have anything. Oh, I want to live in poverty. But what I'm saying is every single dollar, every single thing that I do, God, let it honor you. And if it doesn't honor you, I don't want it in my hands. And that's that's pretty much how it boils down. Um, the next one, I am convinced that I will remain alive. So I can continue to help others grow and experience joy and faith in Christ. I know in this difficult time, we get caught up in the mindset that, oh, I could die tomorrow. Oh, this could happen to me. Oh, what if I get sick? This, this affirmation clearly says, 
I will remain alive so I can continue to help others grow. And when I think about where Paul was, he was in jail. He knew very well that at any moment he could be killed, murdered, beaten, abused, dragged. But he had faith that whatever he needed to do wasn't done yet and he still needed time. Now, we all know that there were some shifts in his life and and things didn't end perfectly. But we must know that he had faith in God, that God would continue his life and help in the purpose to help other people. Like God isn't keeping you alive for you. And God isn't keeping you here on this earth for you. He's keeping you here on this earth to help and serve other people. So the next one falls right into it. It says, when I come to others later in life, so when I go back to other people, I will have even more of a reason to take pride in what God is doing through me. So what I'm doing right now, what God is doing through me right now has nothing. It's nothing compared to what God is going to continue to do through me, through my life. And I'm claiming that because I believe that God has a purpose for me and I'm just stepping into walking in that purpose. And I'm at the beginning of the road and this road is long and it's got a whole lot to go. So I'm just grateful for that. And the last two, you know, just really gave me hope. So number 11, I am not intimidated by the enemy. And this shows them that I will not be destroyed, but that God will save me. Now, what this doesn't say is that I ran. It doesn't say that I I, I walked away. It doesn't say that I wasn't approached by the enemy or that the enemy didn't attack me. But what it does say is I won't be destroyed. I may be injured. I might be damaged a little bit. I might have some moments, but I will not be to a point where I cannot be put together again by my God. So I have to believe that even in this crazy situation, that everything that's going together and going on is coming together for my good and that nothing that comes up against me can take me to the point where I no longer am pleasing to God or can be used by God. And then the last one, we are in this struggle together and I am not alone in this. A lot of times when we're going through difficult situations and when we're dealing with hardships and turmoils, we get overwhelmed because we're like, am I the only one who feels this way? And, you know, sometimes I have a group of friends who I just text and I'm like, hey, girl, do you feel this too? And she's like, yes. And I need to know that I'm not the only one who feels like I'm being, you know, treated unfairly or I'm I'm being persecuted for something I didn't do. Like, I'm just trying to be my best person. And the reality is I'm not the only one. There are so many people going on and dealing with this and I should never get to a situation where I feel like I'm good enough to be the only one going through something for God to make that special moment for me like I I, I'm not that that special (laughs) and the reality is once we realize that we're like okay if I'm not the only one somebody else had to have made it through this so then I automatically have hope that I can make it through too
So I highly suggest you go back and read the whole book. It it took me one morning to read the whole book. Um, not long. I only spent about an hour of my study time. So if I can read it in an hour, you can too. Um, just go through the whole book, go read the whole letter and just spend some time with that and allow that to resonate with you. And then, you know, next week I'll come back with chapter two, but I was just really blessed by these affirmations and, you know, I'm contemplating making a whole list. I haven't decided to share with other people, but I just really hope that you're blessed by this and thank you. Well, I truly hope that you were blessed by that, um, that you had something that you could take back with you. Just remember, again, I'm not perfect, and I hope that you understand that I'm just sharing the things that God gave me. So um, look for us in the group, Spiritual Sticky Notes. I'm going to be sharing a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful um, PDF of all these affirmations so that you can have them, print them out, and do what we need to do, and that is commit them to our hearts because all of these are just reminders that God loves us and that he's there for us in all things. So I look forward to hearing from you and giving you some more of my sticky notes next week. Thank you.